Jaron Hall gets snubbed by a national publication in terms of top 25 quarterbacks. We will not let that stand. We'll talk about that. We'll also get to your guys' questions. A Twitter Tuesday, a mailbag edition of the podcast. So without further ado, let's dive right on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to make us your first listen of the day right here on Locked On Cougars. Very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. So thank you for making some time. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, everybody. You can see me in video. Also, if you listen to us on the regular podcast platform, out there. Please make sure on YouTube to subscribe, hit that follow button, uh, hit the notifications button. I'm pointing to where you should click for that uh, subscribe button on YouTube. Also make sure you re- leave us a rating and review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, a comment or two on Spotify. They actually just launched that where you actually can make comments on the Spotify, Spotify platform. So thank you so much for your continued support of this venture. And if you're new to the show, welcome on in. Hopefully you'll be back early and often with, you, with us as we talk all things BYU. All right, let's get going on today's show, and I have got a bone to pick with 24-7 Sports. It's a platform I worked for once upon a time, and they have a top 25 ranking. They're the top 25 best quarterbacks entering the 2022 season, and looking at this, they made a glaring omission, leaving Jaron Hall off of this list. And I looked at it, I went through this list trying to figure out what the reasoning might have been for why you would leave a guy like Jaron Hall off this list, and the only thing I can come up with, honestly, looking at it, is that he's not technically a Power 5 quarterback yet. BYU is not a member of the Power 5, and this was very much a Power 5 heavy list. I don't recall seeing a single player on this list who was not a Power 5 quarterback. You have such luminaries as Quinn Ewers, who has yet to take a snap in college football, number 18 on this list. Jackson Dart, BYU outdueled him. Jaron Hall outdueled him in that game against USC last year. Jackson Dart, the former Corner Canyon quarterback, he's number 19 on this list. Malik Cunningham, a guy from Louisville, He's number 17. I just look at this list and I'm like, where in the world? What does Jaron Hall have to do to make this list? You look at number 25 on the list, on the list. Peyton Thorne. Number 24, DJ, I can hit the side, broadside of a barn, Uyunga Lale from Clemson. The only reason, the only reason I can see for Jaron Hall not being on this list, and the writer of this was, I believe, yeah, Brad Crawford. He's one of the national writers for 24-7 Sports. Honestly, the only thing... The only reason that Jaron Hall is not on this list is he's not a Power 5 quarterback. There's actually another list just below this as I was reading it on 24-7 Sports rating the top uh, top 15 NFL draft prospects at quarterback and Jaron Hall's not on that list. Is 24-7 Sports just like unaware that Jaron Hall exists? I have heard buzz from people and not just people who write columns. They're not NFL draft analysts. I have talked to people who are legitimately scouting next year's NFL draft who tell me that at worst, they feel like Jaron Hall has mid-round potential. Okay, so if he can't make a top 15 list of the overall quarterback prospects for the NFL draft, and he can't make the top 25 list of quarterbacks going into the 2022 season, what are we doing here? 
Honestly, what are we doing here? I do not get this. It just, it screams to me power five snobbery at its finest, even though BYU is a year away from going into the power five. If this is 2023, is Jaron Hall on this list? Hard to say, but man, I just, reading this, I don't get it at all. I just, it bugs me. It, it frankly bugs me that Jaron Hall is getting this disrespect. I have seen enough pub for him recently. I've seen people projecting him as a first-round draft pick. Our good friends over at the Draft Scout, uh, Mello and the team, they do a great job. If you're not subscribed to that on Substack, I would encourage you to do so. It is a subscription-based uh, newsletter, but I have been absolutely enthralled by it. It's called the Draft Scout. It was started by Matt Miller, who now works for ESPN. They do an incredible job. They actually have Jaron Hall as one of their quarterbacks to watch this season. Mello, the guy who who uh, writes most of the columns now or most of the articles for the draft scout ha- put Jaron Hall on a list saying that he really likes what he saw on film from Jaron Hall and it's a guy he's going to be scouting very closely this season. So it screams to me that 24-7 sports just either A, completely forgot that Jaron Hall exists or B, simply put, BYU's not a power five and therefore they're tick them off the list. We're not talking about them. It's weird to me because we've got good friends at 24-7 Sports. Jeff Hansen, Garrett McClintock, the guys who do Give Him Help, Bring Him the podcast, they do incredible work for 24-7 Sports. I just do not get why Jaron Hall is getting snubbed here, but you know what? So be it. I, I hope a guy like Jaron Hall can take this. And I, I don't think Jaron's a guy who's reading very much of very many of his press clippings. He's not a guy who technically does that. I've had enough conversations with him that he is just a guy who is absolutely confident in his abilities. He doesn't necessarily have to look outwards for motivation or to get validation for his play. That's very clear if you talk to him for any length of time. That he's a guy who's got just this intrinsic uh, understanding of who he is as a person, who he is as a quarterback, and he's going to go out and prove it. I. I guess the one thing also they could be knocking him for is his injury concerns. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, Jaron Hall, when healthy, he absolutely is a top 25 quarterback in this year's college football realm. I, I, there's no reason why you would leave him off this list. I, I frankly do not get it. So just looking at this, I would if I were Kalani Sitake, Aaron Roderick, uh, I know those guys are aware of what's said in the media. Trust me, I'm, I'm, they may say they don't, but I know that they read it because I've gotten messages that, uh, from people people in the BYU offices about stuff we have either written slash said on my radio station, etc., etc. But the the thing about this is if I'm Kalani Sitake and I'm Aaron Roderick, I am shoving this in front of Jaron Hall saying, look at this. Use that. Use it as motivation. And like I said, it may just be smoke uh, that Aaron Roderick and or Kalani Sitake throw at Jaron Hall and Jaron Hall just kind of blows it away and says, you know what, whatever. But I just it bugs me that Jaron Hall is getting this disrespect from 24/7 Sports because 24/7. Let me be also very clear about this. I've worked for them for a time. It's in a previous media stop in my career, but I always thought 24/7 Sports was fairly aware of BYU. So I guess I'm going to chalk this up to them either a forgetting that Jaron Hall exists or b yeah if you're not a Power Five quarterback by the very definition of the of the term because BYU is not Power Five yet. That's the reason why Jaron Hall was off, left off this list. But it still, it, it irks me. It, it irks me. And I, I wanted to talk about that as we kicked off today's show. Coming up in just a moment, though, we're going to let you guys power the rest of today's podcast. You guys are going to have your say. You ask questions on social media. Even a contemporary of mine, a co-worker of mine at the radio station I work at, The Zone, actually weighed in on this with a great question. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our partners over at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports 
sports information needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs in the NBA, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures, all online now at betonline.net. Also, one other thing that kind of indicates to me that 24-7 sports might be going off the non-Power 5 label for for BYU. I got an email yesterday with the Power 5 over under win totals from our good friends at BetOnline. And who wasn't on it? Oh, yes, BYU. And in the email itself, it said that a group of five are going to, group of five odds are going to come out in the coming weeks. So that gives some, I guess, uh, I don't know, backup to what we're talking about here. But regardless, our friends at Bet Online your, are your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. That's all courtesy of your friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Maybe my take on Jaron Hall will make take of the day. Check it out. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it is time now to answer your guys' questions. You send them in on social media. Let's start off with one that I actually saw after I recorded yesterday's podcast, the Monday edition of the show, and actually relates to a topic we talked about, but I'll try and answer answer it more in full for our good friend Nick Chadwick. Nick weighs in all the time, and Nick, thank you so much for your continued support here. But he says, do we have any updates on what the recruiting roles that are hopefully being filled? Uh, does he, does losing IU help at all? Uh, no, excuse me. He says, losing IU doesn't help. Who would you want as the head recruiting director? Now, those are all very interesting questions because technically BYU only has one role that's unfilled right now, and that is the director of recruiting for BYU. As I said on yesterday's podcast, Jason Ayu moving into his assistant AD job for football academics, he will still very much be in the loop to help whoever takes over this role succeed. I think Justin Anderson coming in as the director of player personnel is going to have a huge role in recruiting and who BYU targets in coming seasons, Nick. But your question about who would I want to have as head recruiting director? I honestly want a young coach, uh, a young per, maybe former player who wants to get after it. They have to be energetic. They got to have a lot, a lot of energy and be willing to put in a lot of time because this is not a job that you can just uh, half, you know what, when it comes to this job, you you know, the term I'm, I'm referring to hopefully, but the biggest thing is you have to be all in all the time. There have been some recruiting directors under Kalani Sitake's tenure that have been not all the way bought in. They've they've done things halfway in many regards, and it's caused issues. Jason Ayu came in and absolutely cleaned all that up. Whoever gets this job as the new director of recruiting is going to have a ton of momentum, a ton of backup, a ton of resources at their disposal to have success. So I would opt for a young coach who's maybe looking at, okay, maybe the player personnel role is more of what I want to do rather than being an on-field coach and give them that opportunity. If there's a former BYU player out there who wants to get their foot in the door and has got a lot of passion for what BYU is and trying to sell it to people, that could be a good fit. I don't necessarily have a name for you quite yet, Nick, but keep an eye on that. I think a young coach, a motivated coach who's got the right temperament, the right personality, and just overall the energy to get after this job, that'd be the one I would opt for. Next question comes from our good friend Chris Murphy. He says, it being the offseason, we all like to talk about what BYU's potential ceiling may be. He says, I am also bullish on BYU. Like, like I'm also bullish on BYU, just like you, Jake. But he says, I think they will be very good. That being said, what is the floor for this team? What is the minimum expectation, and is there a chance things go really bad? 
That's an interesting take here, Chris, because I think that the minimum expectation, I know that BYU Sports Nation on Monday talked about this, saying that nine wins is probably the benchmark for BYU. I talked about it on yesterday's podcast. I, I think nine wins would indicate a successful season for BYU going up against the type of talent they have, especially with the preseason top 25 teams they have on the schedule. And I said if I were to set the over-under, if I was an odds maker, I'd have it at nine and a half for BYU. So, Honestly, I think the minimum expectation, like the bare minimum, the only number I think the BYU fans would accept begrudgingly is probably eight wins. That's honestly, I think anything lower than eight wins is an abject failure, probably in most BYU fans' eyes. And if you if you disagree with me on that, let me know. I'd be interested to have your take on this, any of you out there listening to this. But the, the interesting part about all of this is what is going to happen with BYU should the wheels come off? And how would the wheels come off? Well, I think, number one, Jaron Hall gets lost to a season-ending injury, and maybe Jacob Conover, despite showing what he showed in spring ball, isn't up to the task. That could bring the wheels off the off the thing. Um, a myriad of different injuries. We saw the defense fall off when the injuries to Peyton Wilgar and Keenan Peely took place last year. If you have multiple injuries along that defensive front slash linebacking core, who's to say that doesn't cause BYU to go off a cliff a little bit? There are so many different factors in this, but I think the single biggest factor that co- could cause BYU season to get derailed is a season-ending injury to Jaron Hall. If Jaron Hall, who I just stand for for the first little bit of today's podcast, if he gets injured and is lost for the year, that could absolutely throw a major wrench in BYU's chances of getting to 8, 9, 10 wins. Uh, obviously, you, you're expecting that the run game with Chris Brooks behind this big, beefy BYU offensive line that I am very high on should help a guy like Jacob Conover in that situation. But still, you want a seasoned signal caller leading the way and Jaron Hall is just that so man I I think that seven wins would be an abject failure in many BYU fans eyes and what could go really wrong yeah an injury to Jaron Hall could really throw this off the rails Uh, that that feels like uh, what are the chance that things go really bad I don't think there's a very high chance of that or a very uh, high likelihood of it going bad quote-unquote for BYU but those are probably the situations that go into this. And by the way, I, I meant to mention this earlier on in today's podcast. I'm going to reach over and grab this uh, while I got a minute here. And uh, you guys probably are seeing this on YouTube. That's a nice little pullover. It's a zip up. It's a half zip or a quarter zip. I don't know what you'd call it uh, from Nike. I'm giving that away or you can win this fancy hat. It's got that old block uh, cougar head on it. And if you listen to this in the traditional podcast form, you can go to YouTube and see the picture of it. Well, I'm giving that this stuff away. We're celebrating reaching the 500 subscriber mark. We're somewhere around 560 I think at this point, but a huge thank you for all your guys' support of our launch on YouTube and to reward you guys, we're giving you an opportunity to win one of those two items. You'll have your choice if you are the winner. The way to enter to win this is to go uh, and email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com A little bit of your background, who you are, why you're a BYU fan, but there's two very important things you need to show that you have done if you want to have a chance to win. You have to show that you are subscribed on YouTube. I don't care if you're listening to this and you intend to listen to this in the traditional podcast sense. Hop on YouTube, subscribe to the show, send me a screenshot or a picture of you having shown that you are subscribed on YouTube, and then also show that you are subscribed or following the show on social media in any of the realms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. So long as you're following at least one of those, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, social media feeds, 
Send it in and you will be entered to win. We have a couple of entries in already. We're going to close the entries on Thursday night. We'll announce the winner on Friday's edition of the show. But if we don't get enough entrance, maybe I'll push it all the way till next Monday. But get your entries in now. If you want to win some BYU swag, one of those two items, the hat, it's a snapback, just to be clear for you guys, or that pullover. I know it's getting to be a little bit warmer, but you can be geared up ahead of the football season this fall when the temperatures dip a little bit. Uh, you can win that. Email us, LockedOnBYU at Email.com. Like I said, send us some information about who you are, why you're a BYU fan, and then also show that you're subscribed on YouTube and following the show on at least one of the social media channels that we are on. All right, uh, one other question here before we take another time out here is a great question from our good friend Hans Olsen, who I work with at the Zone Sports Network. Hans, of course, a former BYU standout in his own right, one of my favorite dudes in the entire world, a guy I do BYU pre- and post-game shows with for the Zone Sports Network. He sends in this very interesting question. He says, Jake, who would be the best guy to replace Tom Homo when he steps down? He says, your BYU reputation rests on this answer. He says, there is a wrong answer and many right ones. Now, um, I know Hans well enough to know that he's trying to bait me into something here. I'm not 100% certain where he's trying to lead me or bait me. But let me answer that question on its uh, on its head. Honestly, I, I think there are three major candidates right now for if and when Tom Homo retires as BYU's athletic director. The number one candidate for this job is his uh, lieutenant, his right-hand man. That would be Brian Santiago. Of course, started his time at BYU as the director of basketball operations under Steve Cleveland has worked his way up in the athletic administration to be for BYU. Now he's the associate uh, senior athletic director and he does a lot of the different things. He runs BYU basketball on the men's and women's side of things. Uh, if you heard the pod, uh, not the podcast, the interview that uh, the new women's head coach Amber Whiting and BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo did last week. They mentioned that Brian Santiago, he was kind of the point man in all this. He's the administrator over basketball, so he was very instrumental in getting Coach Whiting in place, and he is going to be a guy who absolutely is in the mix to replace Tom Homo if and when Tom decides to retire. The number two candidate in my mind is also, all three of these are working inside the athletic department. Let me be very clear about this. The number two guy is Chad Lewis, the former BYU you stand out tight end, the all pro tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Chad is back working at BYU. And in my opinion, Chad is like the perfect fit for BYU to succeed Tom Homo as the athletic director. I guess I'm tipping my hand as to who I would favor by saying that, but Chad Lewis, he knows BYU. He grew up in the area, grew up, went to Orem high school, walked on at BYU was a guy that uh, was just a standout uh, playing for the Cougars. Maybe he didn't walk on, but regardless was a standout for the Cougars. Obviously at 19, season will not be soon forgotten goes on to uh, make the NFL played for the St. Louis Rams for a hot minute then hopped over to the Philadelphia Eagles where he went on to be an all pro tight end of the NFL ranks he has succeeded at every level of football that you can succeed at and he loves BYU there is just this burning desire from Chad Lewis to have BYU be among the best if not the best athletic department out there that's why he's back working in the university he's got enough money he could have retired and done something different he wants to be at BYU you every interaction I've ever had with Chad he is so enthusiastic it's always half full the glass is half full with him Chad is an absolutely phenomenal option here and then the third one this is the one off the beaten track that I actually was reminded of recently, and that would be Liz Darger. She is now the senior woman, uh, senior women's 
advocate slash athletic director in the BYU athletic department, does a lot of different things, and she'd be a very diverse hire for BYU. I believe she would be the first uh, full-time athletic director in BYU history who was a woman. I know Elaine Michaelis for a time was the women's sports athletic director alongside, was that Rondo Phelps? No, it wasn't Rondo. Maybe it was Val Hell. They had kind of that split title back in the day. Many of you might recall this. Some of you may not. It's been many, many years since then. But Elaine Michaelis was a legend at BYU. She was the athletic director over the women's sports for a time. But if Liz Darger were to ascend to the top job in the BYU athletic department, she would be the first full-time athletic director in BYU history who was a female. So that's a little bit of an insight there. And Liz, every time I've talked with her as well, she is a very savvy individual. She does a lot of different things. She sits on a lot of different committees at the NCAA level. She's done a really good job ingratiating herself inside the BYU athletic department. But I think any of those three would be very savvy hires for BYU. And obviously there would be outside options that might come into the forefront because Tom Homo was an outsider by and large coming to BYU to be the athletic director in his own right. I've seen some people I saw it on social media mention Peter Pilling, a member of the church who's been working, I believe at Columbia as their athletic director. It feels like Peter's time has passed. He's going to up there in age and it probably isn't going to work out for him to come back to BYU, but you never say never. But in my opinion, I, maybe I'm hands, maybe I'm answering this question the right way. Maybe it's the wrong way. Maybe you're trying to bite, bait me into something. My pick, if I were to put money on it, that the guy I want to see uh, succeed Tom Homo, it's Chad Lewis. I have got no problem saying that. I think Chad is just like the, the, the perfect fit for BYU in terms of their athletic director. The temperament, the expertise, having played at every level of football, a guy who has been learning under the tutelage of guys like Brian Santiago and Tom Homo all this time. He's been doing fundraising for BYU's, BYU's athletic department. Chad Lewis checks every box, it feels like. The one thing I think that he has over Brian Santiago, frankly, is Chad lived the BYU experience as a student athlete. Brian Grew up in Provo, went to Timview, all that stuff, but did not go to BYU as a student athlete. He's been very in, engaged with the student athletes since becoming an administrator at BYU, but he played at Fresno State. He never lived the BYU life as a student athlete. And I, I know that's probably just a stupid little throw-in that I'm throwing in there as a caveat, but... I would favor Chad Lewis. That's the guy I would pick. And we'll see if Hans Olsen, if he's watching this, he may lambast me, and we'll see what his response is on social media. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll get to a couple other questions for you guys, as well as some well wishes I wanted to get to on a new, uh, I guess you probably consider them a competitor, many of you out there, but I am looking forward to this as well. We'll talk about all that here in a moment, as well as another member of our Top 50 Player Countdown, a guy who has a very unique nickname and a former BYU quarterback in the Lavelle Edwards era is our next player in the top 50 countdown. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. First though, a word on our friends over at Intercap Lending, a local sponsor of us here on Locked On Cougars and absolutely love them having them on board. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah than our friends at Intercap Lending. And simply put, the reason, they get deals done. They just get everything handled for you guys. Their goal is to feature a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. We all know that inflation is going wild. Rates are rising as fast as it seems like they could possibly been been raised in the recent months. But if you still want to take advantage of what are still relatively low rates, you can get with our friends at Intercap Lending. And that's Steve Carter, our personal loan officer here on Locked On Coors, would love to help you guys out with. 
Steve has been working with Locked On listeners since 2018, almost five years of experience behind him, helping out hundreds of Locked On listeners, including David Locke, who's been through the process with Intercap Lending multiple times. I have met with Steve. He is a great dude. He would love nothing more than to help you guys out. The best part is about Intercap Lending. They've got 44 years of experience behind them. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, 44 years of experience behind them. I apologize. I almost read the wrong number there. But 44 years of experience behind them, helping everybody out with their mortgage needs. They are licensed to help anybody here in the state of Utah, but also licensed to help you in more than 40 states nationwide. So even if you're not living here along the Wasatch Front and you got needs with regards to your mortgage, Intercap would love nothing more than to help you guys out. Reach out to Steve with any questions you guys might have. I'm serious about this. His direct line, give us a direct number, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. If you'd like us or myself to broker a meeting with you and Steve and get you in touch with him, love nothing more than that. Email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'll get you in touch. Or you can email Steve as well. That's scarter at intercaplending.com. For more information, also go to intercaplending.com just to learn more about the company itself and do your research. I always would encourage you guys to do that. But if you've got any questions, no matter what it might be, just uh, genuine curious questions or you're serious about wanting to get started with Intercap Lending, reach out to Steve now. That's 385-800-8528 or intercaplending.com. Once again, is the website. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, before we go on today's show, let's catch up on a couple other questions here. But first, let's talk about our top 50 player countdown and highlight another one of the former Cougars out there who is an absolute legend because he has one of the best nicknames, I think, in all of BYU sports. There's a lot of good ones out there, but when your nickname is the Mormon Rifle... Come on now. Let's really try and up one-up that. I don't think you can. I, of course, am talking about Gifford Nielsen, number 14 himself, the Provo Bulldog, who ended up becoming a star at BYU in the mid-1970s. Of course, now you know him as Elder S. Gifford Nielsen of the Quorum of the Seventy for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I know that we're not supposed to use the term Mormon, but when your nickname is the Mormon Rifle, I'm absolutely going to highlight that. Gifford Nielsen had a very illustrious career for BYU, albeit it was cut short due to an ACL injury in the 1970s, and that was a very serious injury back then because the medical technology back then isn't no isn't anywhere near what it is now. You think about it. We're having guys come back from ACLs in six months now. In many cases, an ACL was a year or two, but Gifford Nielsen overcame all that. Obviously, he was a third-round draft pick of the Houston Oilers, spent, I believe, six years with the Oilers organization before embarking on a long and legendary sportscasting career in Houston, in the Houston, Texas area. Before his career at BYU, uh, Gifford had 5,830 yards, had a grand total of 55 touchdowns against 29 interceptions across three different seasons in 75, 1976, and 1977. Of course, 1977, that was the year he got cut short with the knee injury that he suffered midway through the year. And he was a Heisman Trophy uh, award favorite, it felt like in many ways, in that 1977 season. But GIF, as many people know him, or the Mormon Rifle, which I'm going to say it Mormon Rifle, Mormon Rifle, Mormon Rifle a few more times, just because I can, was an absolute legend for BYU. It's one of those great what-ifs. What if he had a healthy senior season? Where might he rank in this list of all-time greats? Because there were guys who came after him. Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Ty Detmer, who surpassed him in the record books, also surpassed him in terms of the overall uh, fame and fortune that they would achieve in the NFL ranks and beyond. But I think Gif Nilsson, Gifford Nilsson, or Elder Nilsson, as I probably should uh, be uh, terming him right now, is absolutely a guy we needed to have on this list. That's our honoree today in our top 50 of the old timer slash non-independent 
era players. That's our good friend Gifford Nilsson, aka Elder S. Gifford Nilsson from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. All right, couple other questions here, and I think I'm not going to get to all the questions today on the podcast. I'll get to as many of them throughout this coming week. We'll probably get to some more of these tomorrow. So I apologize if I don't get to your question today. But I got a good one here that came in on YouTube. It's actually a comment left by our good friend Gr. And Gr, that's all I had on your name on YouTube. So I apologize for this. But he said uh, responding to my Monday podcast saying no basketball news question mark. This doesn't have a quote. No news is good news feel to it. I don't know where you got that that feeling, Gr. Because I think the biggest thing right now is we're just kind of in a holding pattern for BYU basketball. They're hoping to get some guys in the transfer portal. Obviously, I have not heard much on that front. We all know that Mo and Gia, the transfer uh, from Eastern Michigan, who I had heard BYU is very confident in landing, ultimately picked SMU, and so be it. I'm still hearing very positive things about Kim Aiken, the transfer from Arizona. Those uh, that piece of news with Kim Aiken could come at any time now. It feels like, and then also. I said last week that Cahill Fennell, the former Louisville assistant coach, he was finally in Provo to have a formal sit-down with Mark Pope and other BYU brass. I know there were at least three other candidates for that assistant coaching job. I believe that all of them have either interviewed or will be interviewing relatively soon, and I wouldn't be surprised if BYU makes an announcement of who the new assistant coach hire is going to be in the relatively near future. I just I don't have much right now in terms of overall news. So, GR, I hope I, I, that answers your question question a little bit and addresses where things stand with the basketball program. Now, uh, one final thing here, uh, and this is an interesting one, is that I had a conversation with a friend over the weekend, and he was asking about a brand new show that's coming out. It's called The Wise Guys uh, Show, uh, a podcast. I don't know what they're technically terming it, but Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler are launching a new show. It actually goes live tonight, I believe. This is Tuesday at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, don't quote me on that. It might, be, it might be a little bit later or earlier than that. And they're doing this on Twitch and YouTube and live streaming it. And I was talking with my uh, my buddy, his name's Ethan, over the weekend, and he's like, Jake, all these shows are popping up. Are you worried about losing your quote-unquote market share with BYU fans? And sure, I, I could be worried about that, but let me be very clear about one thing with, the, with what I do in this podcast sphere. I want to be the source for you guys to get all the BYU news you guys need to know about every day. I truly am the only podcast that does this daily. I know my good friend Mitch Harper does Cougar Tracks three times a week to give them how Brigham boys uh, do their show once a week. I listen to all those shows. I'll be tuned into the wise guys to listen to these guys as well. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler are legends in the BYU media space. They, they said it on social media. We have years. 1979 was the first year I think one of them was covering BYU. They've got literal decades on me in terms of covering BYU. They have sources, insight, intel that they I I can't even aspire to getting, I'll, I'll be very honest about this, but I am of the opinion that more access, more resources, and just overall a, a bigger opportunity as a BYU fan base to have access to the Cougars, it's a good thing. Yes, they may eat into some of my listens. Some of you may opt to watch their show every so often versus watching one of mine. And yes, great. You know what? I would hope that you could watch both. But the one thing I know about BYU fans and Cougar Nation as a whole is you guys are voracious consumers of all things BYU. You could write in the most minuscule blog on the internet somewhere, a BYU fan will find it and thousands of BYU fans will flood to read that article. You guys in Cougar Nation, it's a credit to you guys. You support more than most big-time schools have in terms of their overall media and the access. BYU fans are legendary for consuming any and all content. And 
Obviously, some of it can be subpar at times, but I've got no doubt that the wise guys, Dave and Blaine, is going to be a top-notch thing. The, the way they have things set up, the the teaser videos I've seen, they have got an absolutely incredible setup. They have better, they have a better setup setup than me. I, I, I'm working out of my basement. Somebody asked me actually recently, I tweeted about the fact that I haven't been uh, uh, putting as much of my work on social media and highlighting it. I actually got a DM from somebody. It was a random DM. I don't remember who it came from. Why don't you have your producer uh, highlight this stuff for you, Jake? Uh, Newsflash. This guy right here, the guy you see, I'm the producer. I'm the content provider. I'm, <laughs> I do it all. I'm a one-man band. That So, yeah, I... I try and do the best I absolutely can, but I am of the opinion that having more options like the Wise Guys, that show, having Cougar Tracks out there, having Given Hell Brigham out there, and the myriad of other podcasts that are out there. I know that the BYU Hype Train podcast comes and goes a little bit with uh, Joe and the boys over there. All of that is a good thing. So, yes, it may eat into my quote-unquote market share, but I am not worried about it in the least because I think it's absolutely phenomenal that people want to do this. It gives you, the fan, more access, more intel, more information on the teams you love. There's nothing wrong with that. So uh, that was just an interesting conversation I had with Ethan over the weekend. He was actually really worried. He's like, you sure you're going to be okay with it? Yeah, frankly, I am. That may come off as I'm I'm trying to play it cool, but I'm sincere. I truly want the best for those guys, and I wish Dave and Blaine nothing but the best, and I would love nothing more than to cross-collaborate with them. I've done it with the guys that give them help Brigham. I've done it with Mitch, and I hope to do it with the wise guys as well. So best of luck to them as they move forward here. But that's going to do it for today's show. If I did not get to your question, I've got, I think, like four or five at least still here. Get to them on tomorrow's podcast. That's the best part. We're coming back tomorrow. Like I said, this is a daily podcast. We're getting you up to speed on everything with BYU. Try to keep it under 30 minutes or less. It's digestible. It's easy to find. So once once again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Tomorrow on the podcast, more of your questions. Who knows? Maybe somebody else will try and uh, take a dig at Jaron Hall that I can jump up and on the table and, and stand for. We'll get to all that. So thank you for joining us and make your second listen today. Our friends over at Locked On Big 12. I'm part of the roundtable edition they do each week, but Josh Neighbors has got you covered every single day in 30 minutes or less with all the news with regards to the Big 12 Conference. Check that out wherever you get your podcast for free. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May, let's see, 24th, 2022. See ya.